Our Regenerate 2.0 campaign is an opportunity for members of FBC Athens to support the revisioning of the physical facilities of First Baptist Athens. With a church that is 191 years old and celebrating its 100th year in this physical sanctuary at 355 Pulaski Street, this is not the first campaign of this type and most certainly will not be the last. Today's podcast provides us with some insight from persons who are known as members of the cradle roll, those who were born into First Baptist Athens and are still here today. We are asking them to share some of their thoughts on persons and events at First Baptist that were influential in their faith life journey, as well as why they support the Regenerate 2.0 campaign. Today, I'm talking with someone that I know well, and I'm talking with Jimmy Thomason, my brother. Glad to have you here today, Brother Jimmy. Thank you. Glad to be here. (laughs) And uh, Jimmy, uh, why don't we start off with when were you born into First Baptist Athens? So, I am the seventh and youngest child of John and Jackie Thomason. We were all born and raised here in this church, baptized in this church. I was born in February of 1967 and was baptized here by Dr. John Appleton in 1979. Yes, we do have a pew that has our name on it back there, even though it's not officially labeled that way, I would believe. Um, So, with that family legacy, Jimmy, you would think, as some of our others have talked about, their family, uh, but um, in addition to family, others have talked about other people in this church who were influential in their faith journey. So for you, who would you say in your faith journey played a significant part in your growth and how? Well, there's been so many folks here in the church, it's hard to narrow down, but I did Uh, have a few that really stuck out my mind. And of course, I can't say anything first before I mention our parents, John H. and Jackie Thomason. Uh, As you well know, from the very beginning, they instilled in all of us the uh, love and the need for being involved in a faith community and be actively involved in your church. Uh, If the church doors were open, we were pretty much here and uh, expected to be involved in things. And that is a blessing that we have, and I'll forever be grateful for that. Um, what are some of those experiences that that they helped you be exposed to here at First Baptist? Because I, I, I'm pointing out one in my own mind a little bit with the Brownie Bear Choir. Yep. In fact, that kind of uh, moves me on to a couple of other folks okay. uh, that I would mention. The Farrells, Bob and Betty Jane Farrell. I uh, think about from the age of four years old, starting in the Brownie Bear Choir, uh, the t- and then going through high school and even later with Mr. Farrell, They both showed us a love for music within the worship experience, something that I have no doubt that the hundreds of uh, young people that they came in contact with over their many years here at the church still hold very dear uh, to their hearts. Um, In fact, just a few weeks ago, I was visiting with Mrs. Farrell, and a day or two before we were going to visit, I started having all these memories from the Brownie Bear Choir and I wasn't really sure were they true memories or was I just imagining things that I thought had happened. So anyway, when I was visiting with her, I started asking her. I'd say, now, didn't we sing a song about so-and-so? And she said, we sure did. And then she'd start singing it, and we'd sing it together. And I said, didn't we? Uh, didn't you have some hand motions for a certain song? And she'd say, yep. And, she's, and I'm thinking, that was 50 years ago. I'm 54 years old. Miss Farrell's a little bit older than 54 years old. <laughs> And that we were still able to have those memories. I even remembered one activity she did where um, she brought a little oil lamp that she had gotten in the Holy Land, and we got to light it, 
and bake some bread. And I remember that whole experience from 50 years ago. Of course, she did kind of burst my bubble when she admitted that she had actually baked the bread at home, <laughs> and we just acted like we had baked it there. But to have those memories 50 years later is a very special thing and shows the impact that she had on so many. And then I think about the youth choir and uh, the love and devotion that Mr. Farrell put into that and put into each one of us. When we were in the youth choir, we thought that that was his main job. He just happened to direct the adult choir on the side, and he actually let us believe that because when we were with him, he let us know that we were the most important thing right then, and I'm sure he did the same thing with the adult choir. Uh, But that was very special. I mean, you know, the four of us, you and Beth and Barbara and I, can still sing every one of those songs that we sang in the youth choir. There's probably not a week that goes by that I don't catch myself singing May the Road Rise to Meet You, and it still brings a tear to my eye whenever I do. So uh, those were two more folks and two more experiences that just really helped shape my life here in the church. And when I think about youth choir, you know, we'd go on Sunday nights and we'd have youth choir practice. We would practice the anthem that we were going to sing that night in church. And uh, then we'd have supper, and then we'd go to the Sunday night service, which was very unique from the morning service. Uh, It was much less formal, and luckily Dr. Appleton's sermon was a whole lot shorter (laughs) at the night service, which was always appreciated. But we basically were able to help lead that worship service, and the people that were there, it was unique because you had all of the youth choir and some youth choir parents, and then... Almost to a certainty, everybody else was the most committed people in the church. Those 70-plus-year-old folks that were there, the, you know, I think the Fannings were there, and Whitey and Bernice Bryant, and uh, Archie and Mary Langley, and Guy and Marinelle Smith. Those people were there, and we were able to, who were the foundation of this church, people that were held in such high regard and were so respected. And we were there given the opportunity to, Uh, worship with them and lead the worship with them. We sang an anthem and then we'd lead the hymns. So uh, I'm not advocating for us to bring back Sunday night services. I don't want the ministerial staff to get uh, (laughs) nervous about that. But that memory came back to me a couple of Sundays ago when we had the program that Charlotte Marshall ran. And it really made me remember how special those Sunday night services were with having intergenerational groups together. We were intergenerational before we knew that we were intergenerational, uh, before they used that term for us. And and I would agree with you. Uh, Those are some of my fondest memories as well. And as you know, we talk about those when we get together in our family gatherings. And uh, it's a very, very special point in time in our lives. Is there anybody else that you would add to that group at this point in time? Well, another event that I think of or uh, something that happened regularly that was very important uh, were the Wednesday night services. When you think of that old fellowship hall, I'm sure when it was built in the 1950s, it was uh, a modern marvel at the time. But by the (laughs) 70s and 80s, it was not uh, necessarily a modern marvel. But what it lacked for in amenities, it totally made up for with fellowship and friendship and the people that were in there. And it was just great because you'd have little kids running around, school-age kids, youth group, um, and then all other mixtures of adults that were in there, you know, just celebrating together. And so that was also a very special time and a very special place. Yes. Um, What of our faithful past at FBC would you think about? And in thinking about that, how can this inspire all of us to be excited about our future? 
Well, I think uh, the fact, I feel like this church has always been, regardless of what time period you look at, has been progressive uh, as far as social justice goes and accepting of all people. And I think that's something that uh, we continue to do and we need to continue to let the greater community know that we are here for everyone. Uh, anyone's welcome to worship in this church and once you become involved in this church, anyone's welcome to be involved in leadership, and I think that's important that we continue to let the greater community know that. Um, since you did talk about some of our earlier campaigns, how do you feel that the Regenerate 2.0 campaign has uh, a place in what has been our past, but what is also our future? Well, the... Uh, this latest campaign, just like the others had done, uh, makes it possible for us to continue to use this physical facility, a uh, wonderful facility that's open to people and uh, just allows us to continue to serve the community as well as the people that come in here as a congregation. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Jimmy, for being with us today. Thank you.